This is Moonshine and Music with Joe Shelton. Wait a minute, that's me. Anyway, we're going to bring you some inspiring songwriters, musicians, and maybe some side challenges and other stuff around the music industry. So stick with us right now, because the show is coming your way. Woo! Moonshine and Music starts right now. Being locked down now, most people are locked down. If you're locked down with a group, it's, it's probably family or maybe roommates or something. And uh, it's turned uh, boredom eating into either a competitive sport or a game show. I'm not quite sure which. But <laughs> you'll be laying in your room, you know, binging Netflix and thinking, man, I wonder if that last piece of chicken is still in the refrigerator. <laughs> and if it is, can I get to it before somebody else? <laughs> we don't want to repeat a last week's last piece of cake incident. <laughs> Man, mom's got a mean left took. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think now, you know, uh, a lot of parents have been forced into homeschooling their kids. And I think uh, teaching little kids anyway, math has gotten easier now. I mean, because you have like, you know, like, okay, okay, little Timmy, um, there are 48 Oreos in a package. There are four of us that live in a house. How many Oreos does each person get? Timmy says, um, 12? No, no. Mommy and Daddy each get 18, and the other <laughs> two of you non-essentials get to fight for the rest. <laughs> Welcome to Moonshine and Music. Uh, today is a, a somber affair. We have um, Brentley Smith on board, and we're going to uh, do a tribute show today to um, rest in peace, our, our, our good friend, very good friend of the show, Larry George. Um, he's behind Brent today. Uh, you, Brent, you want to talk a little bit about Larry to, to start this all off? Yeah. Um, well, you can see he's got his uh, neck tattoo there. Um, Larry's a good dude. Like, we started comedy about the same time and became friends. And, and then being, uh, being good friends, just kind of, even though he looks like 200 years older than me, we're about the same age. And so we bonded over that, being a, a couple of the older guys in the, the local comedy scene um, and not really caring about 25-year-olds bullshit or whatever. And uh, he's just like a real good dude. He, he had his uh, – keep disappearing. He got me this, this – he had this the robe thing made for me for my birthday, so that's why I'm wearing it, but it keeps disappearing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was he's a real good guy, real helpful. Um, and we, he had his, uh, his issues with the law, but like nothing crazy, just mainly trying to help people out. And, you know, he liked to, he liked to get high a little bit. So he had a, a little bit of trouble with that. But he's helpful to everybody. He uh, Just not too long ago, he went down to Bloomington to help a friend of ours with his car. He's uh, – he helped me a bunch with um, my house projects, um, a little bit of everything, and sometimes he thought he knew more than he did, but, you know, he's, he's kind of part of his charm. Just real great dude, uh, rough around the edges, but, like, once you knew him, real loyal, and, like, even with his, you know, his craziness, whatever, like, he's, he knew about it, he's up front with it, and he just he owned it, so he was always him. Never fake. I, 
not even the, the tiniest bit. So, well, you know, uh, I think that, um, uh, you know, knowing him as I do, I know that he really struggled with, um, with, with, uh, the monkey on his back. Uh, obviously that's, uh, what happened to him in the end. And, and it's very sad, but our whole society has been struggling not only with, um, the, you know, the coronavirus, but before that, and still, uh, and something that's being ignored is that we have, you know, a drug crisis in this country, uh, yeah. the, where people aren't getting, uh, the mental health care that they need. People aren't getting the health care in general that they need. And sometimes they're in pain and they end up being, um, uh, subject to some of the drugs that they, uh, that they get started on. Um, and then there are, you know, uh, just a myriad of ways that people get into that. And then no matter how hard they try or how clean they get, um, sometimes they tragically fall back into it. And, um, and, and we have a tragedy, you know, and yeah. uh, it makes me really sad because um, of, of the other folks that I've known that have fallen into that. And, and, you know, Larry, who was a guy who really did love life uh, at his core. I mean, uh, he, um, he liked to joke. He liked to make people smile. Um, he was very much a human mm -hmm. and, uh, nothing like a, uh, no kind of robot or anything that anybody that ever met Larry would say, you know, that that's a real dude right there. He's not someone who's gonna, um, be <laughs> fake or be yeah. able to be fake, you know? Um, yeah, like if you knew Larry, you knew Larry, like there was only one Larry. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's a tough thing. And I, and, and, and we don't, uh, generally, you know, we, we, we generally shine a light on the music part of things in the show, but, um, I wanted to show today and I, and I know you did a little bit of Larry's comedy. That's when I touch on a, something, um, when you're talking earlier about just, um, addiction and then, and then all of that, uh, with Larry, he had a bunch of health problems, um, including Crohn's disease and like really bad arthritis. and he tried to get help, like, you know, through doctors. He's like, man, like, you know, you diagnose me with this stuff, you know what's serious, you know what it does to me. And he couldn't get the help, like, that he needed from them. And, you know, there's the whole opioid crisis, too. And, you know, then they were under-prescribing and then over-prescribing and getting lost in the shuffle with that. So he had to turn to, you know, to the street to get some stuff just to help him. And he also liked getting high, but a lot of it was legitimately just trying to feel better. Um, you know, he was an advocate for you know medical marijuana for one, and then you know, end up doing you know some other stuff too. And I have a couple other friends. One buddy of mine, he has a thing. Uh, they nickname it the suicide disease because people can't deal with it. They end up killing themselves. Okay, my buddy, he's he's in nine out of ten or ten out of ten pain all the time, like twenty four seven. He's never not in pain, and he can't get help either. It's just ridiculous. And they make them jump through hoops to jump through the hoops. And then it's just more stuff. It's, you know, we need a lot of changes with a lot of things. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, might hear about Larry and this and that. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, whatever. But, you know, it's, it's not that simple with a lot of people. And sometimes people don't have, you know, a choice but to go with the harder stuff because they can't get help medically. I think they feel like they don't have a choice. And, and, and sometimes they don't have other people to turn to, to help them. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I for me, uh, people get help, ask for help. 
I'm, I, I am, I know some people uh, that are out there. There are some different programs out there. People can get help. I know it's hard. Um, I, I, there's, there's no doubt about that and things do need to change and it needs to get better, but please seek the help if you need it and, and, and talk to other people and Hey, message us, message us privately. And we'll, we'll try to help you get in the right direction. And somebody that can Absolutely. talk to you, somebody can help you. Um, we, you know, we may not be the best at it, but we'll certainly give it a shot. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, for sure. It's like, I've, and, you know, I've uh, seen too much of this. Um, I've had multiple family members, uh, die from it and everything. It's, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard, especially you go and try to get help and keep getting denied. But, you know, if you ask for my help, I won't stop until, you know, we find something. Hey, let's talk about some fun stuff with him. Uh, yeah. You know, I, uh, even though it's kind of an oddly fun thing, uh, the first I heard of Larry was because you broadcasted uh, at the Toyard Brewing Company that you know, no longer exists but because um, yeah. they went out of business. But the, uh, they had a, a, an open stage with Steve Kennan, who was, mm -hmm. a, uh, who was the you know, big host there for a long time. And a lot of us musicians went there to the open stage. And one of the things we liked about that one was that, you know, there'd be some music and then there'd be this part in the middle where Steve would open it up for comedy open stage also. It was mixed. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you brought in Larry from prison um, to do his set yeah. <laughs> on the show. Hello, Toyard. Welcome, welcome to uh, Hendricks County Jail. Uh, if you have seen me before, you might have thought I was kidding when I, I talked about the prison stuff, but obviously not, as I'm sitting here now. And uh, unfortunately, I missed a court date, so uh, I'm in here because I can't afford bond. Yeah, right back at you. Right back at you. So uh, it's only $750, so if y'all want to take up a collection and call a bondsman, I'd be really appreciative. <laughs> I, I, seriously oh look jesus made it right on uh, i mean you know you know uh that uh hello everybody uh has been looking for jesus for like 1600 years now so i'm glad you all found him you know that's the same picture of jesus everybody every white person has in, in their home so no uh, uh being in jail here is, is kind of shitty you know but uh at least in here they don't judge me on the throat tattoo I know you can't see it from there, but it says trust Jesus. And, you know, that was a prison decision, mind you, you know. And while in prison making that decision, the thought process was something along the lines of, well, you know, what's the most ironic tattoo I could have when I get to hell? <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, he uh, joked very darkly, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's a very dark sense of humor. Um <laughs> Especially he would love that like anyone's hearing any of his jokes at all, like even now, and you know those specifically because you know that's just how he was. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's crazy. So talk about how you get a guy from prison on video in a club. How do you make that happen? <laughs> yeah. So uh, in Hendricks County Jail, uh, they have it set up to you can pay for like phone time. And they can either be just like on the phone or they got the video chat. Um, and it's weird because like even if you go to try to see, you know, go to the jail to see him, you just do the video chat with each other. 
you just don't pay for it. It's, it's kind of stupid. Like, there's no reason to go to jail to see him. Cause he, it's still like a video. It's not even like a plexiglass. It's just a video. Um, so I went and uh, I put some money on his account to do the, to talk. And you uh, wanted to perform. He was, we timed it so where like I would start my set a little bit before that. And then when he, you know, beeped in, then we, you know, changed to him. And then I, I was able to turn my uh, my laptop around a little bit so we could see you know, some of the of the crowd, you know, when he's calling uh, Nick Jesus and you know waving the the people that are waving at him and everything. Yeah, <laughs> we that was, that, that was really cool to have the little because you could see that people in in the crowd could step up and wave, like yeah, get right up against the yeah, yeah. So we ended up doing it uh, like that week and then like the next week um, too because he wasn't out yet and. <laughs> the, the week after that, um, I was telling people, was like, yeah, you know, where is going to be here next week? And everybody was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, from prison again? And I'm like, no, nah, he's actually going to be here. Like, in person, he's out. And everybody's like, oh. It was just, it's like the funniest thing to me. Like, I, <laughs> I gave him shit for that forever because like, people would rather see him from jail. Like, apparently, he's funnier, funnier from jail. He's just telling the same jokes, you know, uh, as he – as he did, but it just killed me. And we, like and we did it four times. Oh, yeah. The last time we did it, um, I got banned from video chat um, from my oh. account for him. Yeah, because apparently it's against the rules. And, uh, and then he had, uh, like, he got banned from something for, like, for a couple of weeks or whatever, too. Because I guess, like, the, the superintendent or whoever is like, in charge of the jail saw it and, and didn't like it or whatever, which we both found hilarious, too. So, so. Um, I, you know, I wanted to look at a little bit of a, one of his, you know, on stage sets or, or maybe a couple, uh, little pieces. Um, yeah, maybe the, you know. the cracker was crackers one next. <laughs> Some people ask me if I found God there you in prison. Go. I'm like, no, why? What'd he do? His buddy snitched him out again, didn't he? 30 pieces of silver doesn't go nearly as far these days. Yeah, that first trial, they really crucified his ass. <laughs> the whole carpentry background came out to nail him in the end, I swear it did. How'd you like to be the guy that exists to explain him and him to Jesus when he comes back? They melt in your mouth. Oh, never mind. Have a Snickers. You're not the same when you've been resurrected. <laughs> so, surprise, surprise, I'm happily divorced. <laughs> 18 years, well, eight years happily. About eight years ago, her now second ex-husband, we'll let that one sink in. Her now second ex-husband, he calls me up on the phone. He says, man, you're never going to believe what this bitch did. <laughs> Try me. I married her first. <laughs> said, man, she's been cheating on me. She's going to leave me. And when I stopped laughing, <laughs> I was like, you know, I waited 10 years for this. I told you so. <laughs> and he became one of my better weed dealers. <laughs> I say better, but you think a dude can stole your wife and kids and knock five bucks off a sack here and there. It's awful expensive. As I mentioned, I have kids. I have two. My oldest, my daughter. She was always a straight-A student. National Honor Society, four years marching band. She marched in the Rose Bowl Parade. She was actually invited her. She didn't just sneak in. But, uh, she had 17 scholarships time she got to college, so her whole first year was entirely paid for. And now she's Air Force Intelligence and, and recently married. So it just goes to show you can drop them once. <laughs> Eight months old, squirmy, and I caught her on the first bounce. No harm, no foul. 
He's only 5'1", but I don't think that was my fault. <laughs> I'm trying to prove she gets her brains for me by writing physics jokes, but the punchlines always come out theoretical. <laughs> I did write a physics joke, and if there's ever a room to tell it, um, I was uh, messaging with a woman one night, and we were going back and forth for a couple hours, and then I get a message that says, hold on a sec. Well, two and a half hours later, I started wondering, did she forget about me, or am I stuck on the event horizon of a black hole? <laughs> <laughs> Physics joke. Somebody got it. <laughs> I love that joke. She didn't get her brains from me. Too bad I've hit mine on too many things. <sighs> uh, you know, that's, that's a, good piece of, a good piece of his bit right there, right? Um, yeah, yeah, like that. Um, he loved the Jesus material. Obviously, you know, he wasn't uh, very religious. And, like, he walked a bunch of people, like, on that at different places because they were upset he, he did it. And he found that just as funny as, you know, people laughing at it. So it's, <laughs> like, it's not even, you know, that controversial. We talk about, you know, Sigmata stuff a little bit. But, like, uh, one time uh, we were at a, a show on Kokomo, and uh, – it was actually the guy who's running the show, like friends of his, uh, like they walked out after, you know, he did that material and uh, he was about done. So like after, you know, he, he wrote the beset and then he went outside to smoke and they were still coming out and they were talking about him like, and he's right behind them. And, you know, then he, uh, like, Hey, how's it going? And just, you know, kept talking with them or whatever. And he was like, they just so disgusted or whatever. And they just kept saying whatever. And, you know, like, it was fine. Like he, he thought it was hilarious that, because with comedy, obviously, like the main thing you want to get, you know, is laughs. But if you get any reaction, like there's still something in it for you. <laughs> and when someone like overreacts that badly, is is just it's just hilarious because you know, they apparently have no sense of humor at all. But they came to a comedy show. Um, I like the start of this uh, other clip here, where he um, where he he kind of starts off his thing, and at this point, he's grown like a rather long beard. Yeah. And, um, and so like, it, it's the same, you know, kind of intro, uh, that we saw with the jailhouse thing yeah. where he, you know, talks about his neck tattoo, but I really love the way he does this. So let's take a look at that. Coming up next, the stage to a big hand for Larry George. So uh, I like that. And then uh, I think it was out here in the middle somewhere. The, uh, let me see this. This week, uh, he's 18. He's about six foot tall, 190 pounds. So I might need a DNA test on that one. Talking about his son. Until he cut off his two years of hair growth and his beard and enlisted, I'm like, shit, that looks like my high school pictures. I don't think I need a DNA test on that one. 
I did find out recently my daughter got married. She got married in February. I found out uh, March. <laughs> Shows how close we are. And she don't like my jokes either. <laughs> Truth hurts, though. Truth hurts. <laughs> so I, I have Crohn's disease. It's a shitty disease. Unintended, <laughs> yes. And uh, I think uh, I, I've heard a lot about the, you know, bathroom terminology. We've all used it. It's 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 gross. It's disgusting. I think it's barbaric. I think it's time we move up to the digital age. It's 2018, right? Let's let's move this up. I think now, from here on out, let's we use logging out and streaming. Buddy's house, and he's like, uh, Can I use your bathroom? He's like, What are we going to do? You're logging out, you streaming. <laughs> you're logging out, means you're upstairs with the spray and the plunger. I know what you do. <laughs> so, that, that right there, um, you know, as he uh, changed those bits and made them fit into that time space, and still, um, I, I think that's just such a really good piece of Larry because I've seen him several times and that little piece there was like uh, what I would say is the epitome of why he was a good comic why he was funny um, and um, the way that he was relatable the way that he would uh, you know make completely fun of himself and that makes you know the audience like uh, feel a little more comfortable with yeah. each passing joke you know yeah um, like most of this stuff was you know, about his life, you know, we started off as a true story, maybe embellished a little bit, but like no one else could tell his jokes. Um, you know, like joke stealing you know, is a big deal in comedy and, and it hasn't happened too much in the local scene, but you couldn't steal his jokes because they were all about his life and his life was just so unusual. It, there, I, I, you know, uh, just as a, um, a person who's lived, you know, there's always a, uh, a story right there's yeah. there's his story there's their story there's there's a relationship mess his ex-wife was is legitimately not i'm person. sure she was tough i you yeah. know I, I don't i'm not i'm not trying to uh defend her in any way no 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 like the whole just, point uh, i was just saying even you know this you know, thing that hurt him the most in life he still joked about it on stage yeah that that whole he's, like that whole clash, comment, like, uh, you know that yeah. whole clash and that inner turmoil uh, yeah. it really hurt him or he wouldn't joke about it you know yeah. like the the all of those things that like that we that you know that we all kind of have in our lives mm -hmm. right you know everybody's yeah. got relationships that don't work out and stuff and sometimes there are some kids involved and uh even though they're adult children i you know i i, I feel like um i hope that they can see this and see their that their dad was a funny guy and then he touched a lot of people yeah. and um and it, whatever relationship that they had um maybe it, it can be a, a little bit of Hey, you know, um, this guy really did care. Um, even if, uh, it didn't always, um, it didn't always mesh in, in, in real life. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, when he was here and, um, and, uh, cause I mean, that's just obvious that he did. Um, and, um, and he's a, his, uh, his son was coming around, uh, which was good. He sung with him and, and uh, both his kids are in the service now. His son is in Japan in the Navy. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to, uh, to come home for the, the service and his daughter's in the Air Force out in California too. So now he is extremely proud of them. He loved them with every part of him. And, and even though, you know, they weren't talking for you know, different reasons, whatever, you know, he never stopped caring. And, um, you know, and then part of him, you know, joking about it on stage was just to kind of, you know, 
keep them in his lives that way or keep or, them in yeah, his life. find a way to cope with you know things not being exactly what he would want them to be right yeah. And I yeah. hope that people can take a look at some of his other things. I'm going to put like a couple of the public links to videos of, uh, of his full shows. So people can go out there and watch. There was one recently that's on uh, Gutty's TV during the quarantine. Yeah. Um, I, I had a little piece of it here, but I think that people should just go click on the link and, yeah. and watch it. I think it's probably his last uh, uh, video performance. I don't know if we have anything. New uh, yeah, it is actually. Um, and, he did uh, one more show in Kokomo, but he didn't have video. This is the right. is his last video. Yeah, and, and it's a really good one. Um, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I think, and and so you know, but the, I'll put a couple of those links to where people can find them in the show notes. So if you're listening on the podcast, you can go and actually see, um, you know, a, a, a video presentation and watch and watch his comedy. Um, and and I'm 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 telling you right now, it's a uh, it's a it's a it'll be a fun few minutes for you. Uh, to watch to watch one of his bits, they're not uh, they're not super long. It's not like an hour and a half long commitment or anything. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you can jump in and uh, and see it and um, and and you know maybe get a little smile on your face. And and for us, uh, I think uh, you know what I want people to get out of it is to it's to remember our friend Larry and uh, and to understand that you know he was here and he was um, a good entertainer and he was a, a good guy. Yeah, absolutely. He he loved doing comedy, like, um, and he talked about it before, like, in his bit about, you know, being sick of Riley and, you know, comedy helping to heal. That was absolutely true. Um, he wanted to start sooner, but he's just like, stage fright. You worry about getting on stage, and he finally took the plunge, and, like, he was meant to do this. All right, man. I'm going to send it out with, uh, with one last little uh, – um... And you guys can uh, see kind of the wrap up of his uh, of his uh, last on screen performance. Uh, this is uh, Gutty's TV presents Quarantine Comedy, and uh, here's a little piece of it. School education and not a high school diploma and a college education. You know, hindsight <laughs> is twenty you know, twenty, but uh, no, uh, you know, because laughter is the best medicine, and I really believe that all that laughter helped me to heal. You know, and I try to laugh every day. You know, I was twenty seven years in between major surgeries. So I think laughter does help, you know, almost as much as cannabis. But um, <laughs> I mean, they're like real close. <laughs> and one really begets the other. Do them in the right order. Uh, but uh, I told myself back then, you know, I said, one day I'm going to get up there. And that's what I'm, I want to give back that laughter, that healing that I was gifted so much of, you know, back as a teenager. And I continue. Um, telling jokes now because I am so addicted to the laughter and the applause and it's nights like this groups like y'all I gotta thank y'all for not feeding my addiction too bad um, <laughs> just remember you can't say hilarious without saying Larry I'm Larry George Moonshine and Music is a presentation of Not Less Entertainment. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved. The producer for today's show was Joe Shelton. Our cameraman grip and stunt double was Brent Lee Smith. On cameras and all sorts of other things, Bailey Shelton. And our staff guru is Brent Schlemmer. Join us each Sunday for new episodes right here with Moonshine and Music.